0: This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Byrd. This episode is a bit of a rehashing of three early episodes covering the basic structure of Chattanooga city government. If you've been listening for a while, this episode will be a good refresher. And if you're new, it should help bring you up to speed. My hope is that this episode can be a good introduction to local government in Chattanooga, a resource that people can return to again and again and share with friends who want to get involved but don't know where to start. So let's dive in. When we talk about local government in Chattanooga, we're actually talking about two different governments. There's the city of Chattanooga and there's Hamilton County. These two governments each have different responsibilities, powers, and structures. So why use this dual system? The reason is rooted in the way the state of Tennessee divides itself and delegates power. The simplest way to put it is that counties are a subdivision of the state, while municipalities, like cities, are an expansion upon the state. So what does it mean that a county is a subdivision of the state? Well, power and legislation flows directly from the state to the county the state legislature creates a general policy and the county is tasked with applying that policy to local conditions. So the state might pass a law establishing a public school system, for example, and it's up to the county government to come up with local laws on how to build, maintain, and manage that school system. The state, when passing a law, provides the general guidelines and the county applies those guidelines to local conditions. But the powers of the county are quite limited. The county can only exercise powers that have been granted explicitly or implicitly by the state. Municipalities, on the other hand, are an expansion upon the state. Municipalities exist to provide additional services and further or more detailed control over local policy that the state might not want to provide in all areas. But even though cities exercise power above and beyond what the state requires, they still ultimately derive their authority from the state. When a group of people wish to incorporate a city or town, they must go to the state legislature to receive a charter. The charter is a document which establishes the city government and explains very broadly what powers the city government claims and how the government will function. Similar to the Constitution, it is the basis for all laws that the city may later enact. Chattanooga has what's called a Home Rule Charter which allows the city to pass just about any legislation it likes, so long as it does not conflict with federal or state law. That being said, the state regularly prevents cities from enacting certain laws. This is called preemption. Some notable cases of state preemption include the fact that cities are not allowed to set their own minimum wage. They're not allowed to designate themselves as sanctuary cities. They cannot place additional regulations on the possessions of knives or firearms and they cannot ban plastic bags in grocery stores. It's worth mentioning that it is also possible to form what is called a consolidated metropolitan government. This is essentially a combination of the county government and a city or several city governments in order to provide more consolidated and streamlined services and governance. There are currently only three consolidated governments in Tennessee, the most notable being Nashville-Davidson County. The actual consolidation can be complex, and while it might solve several issues like the duplication of services and conflicts of authority, it also leads to new problems like dilution of local control and usually an increase in taxes. Every so often, suggestions will be made for a consolidated Chattanooga-Hamilton County government, but those suggestions have not yet gained much traction. To sum up, both county and city derive their powers from the state. Generally speaking, counties may only do what the state has given it authority to do, while cities may do anything that the state has not prohibited them from doing. So what does this dual government system mean for Chattanoogans? In general, if you live in the city, most political questions go through the city government. The city has its own zoning code, public works department, and fire into police departments, so on. There are a few projects that the city and the county collaborate on, like the Regional Planning Agency and Carta. However, there are a few key issues that are handled entirely through the county. The two that get brought up the most are the school system and the criminal justice system. We'll talk about these more in later episodes. But for now, be aware that the school system is under the jurisdiction of the Hamilton County School Board and that the Hamilton County courts handle nearly every case in the area except for small violations of city ordinance like parking tickets and zoning code violations. So now you know that the city and county governments each have a role to play, but how are these governments run? Let's start with the city. The city has two primary branches. The city council is the legislative branch. They create all city ordinances. That means street construction and maintenance standards, land use and development regulations, building permits, regulations on alcohol sales, and, I'm not kidding, laws regarding how often your dog can bark. The council is made up of nine members, each representing a particular district in the city. Council elections are nonpartisan, meaning candidates do not run as a member of any particular party, and there are no party primaries. Council representatives serve four-year terms, and there are no term limits. The council meets every Tuesday at 3 p.m. for an agenda planning session, and then at 6 p.m. for a business meeting. All of these meetings are open to the public, and they are all available on YouTube the next day. During any given meeting, the vast majority of the agenda will fall into one of two categories. The first category is resolutions authorizing purchases, payments, and contracts with various outside entities. These contracts are one-time occurrences, and so are considered resolutions by the City Council, meaning they must only go through one round of voting. The second category is rezoning ordinances. When a property owner wishes to build something other than what is currently allowed by the zoning code, they must apply to have their property rezoned. These applications constitute a permanent change to the regulations governing the property, and so they're considered ordinances by the City Council, which means they must go through two rounds of voting, each round during a separate City Council meeting. There are of course other resolutions and ordinances which come before the council, such as symbolic resolutions commemorating a particular event, ordinances amending the city budget, and things like that, but most of the business of the council falls within those two categories. The mayor is the executive branch of the city. It is ultimately his job to determine how the laws that the city council passes should be implemented. This implementation is generally carried out by city departments. When the mayor is elected, he has 60 days to write a plan for how the city departments should be organized to add, remove, combine, or split city departments as the mayor sees fit. The plan must be approved by the city council. The mayor then appoints all the department heads subject to the ratification of the city council. There are six department heads which are listed in the charter, and while they're appointed by the mayor, their departments are not subject to the reorganization process. Those are the police chief the fire chief, the chief financial officer, the city court clerk, the city treasurer, and the city attorney. A two-thirds majority of the city council may remove any of the department heads at any time. In addition to department heads, the mayor appoints members to various board positions. There are 39 different boards, commissions, and committees that serve as advisory bodies to the city of Chattanooga, and the mayor has a hand in appointing members to most of them. These boards cover utility licensing, public art, permit appeals, and more. Some of the most recognizable city services are overseen by these boards, such as the Library, Carta, and EPB. Most board positions explicitly require applicants to have certain qualifications, like having a certain amount of experience in a relevant industry, but some are open for anyone to apply. We'll cover some of these boards in more detail in later episodes. The mayor is also in charge of preparing a budget proposal for each city fiscal year. The city's fiscal year is measured from the 1st of July rather than the 1st of January, so it gets a little confusing sometimes. But by law, mayors can prepare the budget however they see fit, but traditionally there has been some sort of public input process. The city council then has the opportunity to accept, amend, or reject the budget each year. The mayor is elected for a four year term in a nonpartisan election and is limited to two terms. I want to very briefly cover the structure of the county government as well. It's organized similarly to the city with nine county commissioners, one elected to each district, and a county mayor elected at large, and legislative and executive power being similarly divided. One major difference from the city government is that the county seats are elected on a partisan basis and each seat has a primary race. It is important to note that, except in rare cases, your city district and county district are probably not the same number. There's also the school board, which I'll cover in more detail in a later episode. But for now, just a general overview, the school board is tasked with forming policy for the school district that is in line with state guidelines. The school board is also in charge of hiring the school superintendent who is essentially the executive director for the school system. There are nine school board seats, split along the same lines as the county commission. The school board is one of the county branches which does not elect its members on a partisan basis. Now that we've all had this quick overview of local government, I invite you to check out the show notes where you can find links to help you get involved. There are links to find out which city and county districts you live in, who your current representatives are, the full list of city boards, the calendar and agendas for both city council and county commission, and more. Take some time to browse through these resources. Make a note of who your representatives are, and maybe even take some time to write them an email. Introduce yourself, let them know what issues are important to you, ask them how you can get involved. Let's all do what we can to build a culture of civic engagement in Chattanooga. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ChatCivics. Civics, or visit the website chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening.